Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Raise your hands if you've never heard me speak before. Yay! Raise your hands if you've heard me speak before. Yay! Awesome. Now, I'm, I'm normally a prop person, but I have disappointed this morning. There is no props. But I have to tell you this, and Ruben isn't here, so you have to joke with him later. But the, one of the times that I did speak, I used, I brought in like this bozo the clown that you hit it, and it falls down and comes back up. And it was a long time ago, so I think Loretta's trying to rack her brain. But uh, um, I allowed everybody to use Bozo the Clown afterwards because he was a representation of the enemy to like punch the punch the devil kind of as an act you know a physical act so I leave the the sanctuary and all of a sudden I turn around and I see Bozo the Clown flying through the air I'm like who in the world I was thinking it was a kid or something and it was Reuben <laughs> so it was Reuben one the enemy zero so so um I was praying about this morning, and I'm like, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do today? And he gave me one word, and he said weaponry. And weaponry is multiple weapons uh, that I believe uh, I'm going to share with you that will allow you to live a more prosperous, productive life in Christ, and also to put a pouncing on the enemy because he is definitely out to steal, kill, and destroy. But you know what? God has come to give his life and life more abundantly. So I was watching a Sid Roth, it's Supernatural broadcast, and he had James Gall, uh, who who he was interviewing. And James had made a comment that really pierced my heart. And it was, you know, when you hear something that pierces you and you know you just don't need, you don't want to let it go. You want to chew on it and process it and meditate on it. And so, so much so that it becomes your automatic pattern of thought. Well, he said something that did just that. And he said, it is a speech-activated kingdom. It is a speech-activated kingdom. So the kingdom of heaven is speech-activated. What does this mean? It means that whatever comes out of my mouth has power. It has power to move mountains. It has power to tear down walls. It has power to mobilize angel armies. It has power to break chains. It has power to demolish demonic strongholds. It has power to heal, power to mend, power to bind up wounds, power to bless, power to encourage, and you can go on and on and on. So the... Our speech, the kingdom of heaven, is speech activated, and it can be used through us. So Jesus tells us in Mark 11, 23, Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done. So I'm going to say that scripture verse again, but I'm going to emphasize two words. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, 
his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done. So what are the two words that I emphasized? Yes, you are correct. Says and heart. So we are familiar with the passage from Luke 6.45 that says, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So let's look at that verse in its entirety. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the the heart is full of. So I'm going to point out two things here. The first thing is out of. Out of means that it had to be put there first, okay? And so you can't give someone something that you do not first have. So if you come up to me and you say, Rebecca, I want you to give me a million dollars, you know what? I'm not going to give it to you. Well, you know why? Because I don't have it to give. So you have to have something before you can give it. So out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It had to be put there first. And secondly, stored up. It is a continuous, repeated, willfully intentional meditation on our part to add to a saving up for a rainy day action. And so when that rainy day comes and life puts a demand on the heart to deliver, it will deliver what has been stored up. And so we see that in the fruit of what the heart is full of by what we say and what comes out of our mouth. So the question that I have for you is what are you full of? (laughs) Uh, Yes, I know it's good. And you know what? I have to say that as I'm speaking this, God has taken me on this journey. So I am speaking to you from Many times where God's like, what are you full of? So um, I'm speaking from a place of I've been there, done that here. So what are you full of? And you think about how many times we've stored up for, stored up for rainy days. Like remember Y2K, you know, and how we've stored up. And I know that we probably still have some things from Y2K in our pantry, you know, because of the end of the world was coming and our computers were going to go kaputs. And so... How much more should we store up in our heart? All right, so I always love asking God questions, and I love when he answers. And he answers, he's so faithful, and sometimes he answers right away, and sometimes he does not, but he takes me on a journey of discovery, and the answer is not only at the end of the journey, but a part of the process um, as well. And so I asked God, I said, what is the correlation between the heart and the mouth? Have you guys ever asked that question? No? Okay, that's, that's good. I like your honesty. So I've asked him that. Why is there a correlation between the heart and the mouth? Why couldn't it be like the heart and the toes or the nose or the head or whatever? Um, and so he said, the mouth is merely a gate. You can't store up in your mouth. It's not like the game Chubby Bunny. Have you guys ever played Chubby Bunny? No. All right, Katie, the next game day, we're playing Chubby Bunny. Who, who has? Has there anybody? Yes. Okay. Thank you. We've got some people that are raising their hands. Okay. So basically, it's a game, and you have marshmallows and people. And whoever chooses to play this game, they say Chubby Bunny, and then they put a marshmallow in their mouth, and they say Chubby Bunny again, and then they put another marshmallow in their mouth, all the way to the point where either they gag and they're out, or they spit the marshmallows out. 
But it's really fun to watch because it's like, wow, their mouth gets really big, you know? <laughs> so that's the game Chubby Bunny. But all of that to say is the heart is merely a gate and you don't store up in your mouth. All right. So the heart is merely a window. It gives us a glimpse into the state and health of our heart, like Luke 6.45 says, which is the word of God that tells us that we need to protect it at all costs. So Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. And some translations say, Out of it flows the issues of life or the source of life. So out of your heart flows the issues of life, the source of life. So I'm going to give you a little something extra here, okay? Are you ready for it? All right. Thank you, Tracy. All right. So here's a little something. When you say, Lord, I give you my heart... Lord, you are the king of my heart. We even have songs about it, and we sing about it, and we say it all the time. You know what we are saying? We are saying, you're saying that you are giving up control of the very source of your life. But the beauty of it is that you are giving your source of life to the source of life, the king of capital K of kings, little K, capital L, lords, of small case, lords. And so in return, there is a divine exchange that takes place that no demon in hell can penetrate because there is a divine partnership where you're giving up your source of life and your that protection um, inward, you're giving it to God and he becomes your source of life. So the heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. Joel, you're doing a pretty good job. I kind of can see what you're doing in the window. I'm like, let me see if he's on point. He's on point. So good job, Joel. All right. You're not fired. No. (laughs) All right. So the heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. So we talked about the mouth and it's a gate. But I'm going to talk to you about a couple other gates. We have our eye gate and we have our ear gate. Now say with me, simple, Simple. not easy. So as we go through this, it sounds simple, but at times it's not easy. But uh, through Christ, we can do all things through him who gives us the strength. So our eye gate is the lamp of the body in Matthew. Ears in which you must consider carefully what you hear. So Mark, that's in Mark 4, 24. So both the eyes and ears swing inward. So you see information floods through your eye gate, information floods through your ear gate, so they flood in. You can't really, your ears can't fling out, your eyes can't fling out. It's not like you see with laser lights, you know, that's like superhero stuff, super action hero. So uh, the ears and the the eyes swing in where the mouth swings out. And that reminds me uh, when I was young and um, my brother had the coolest doors to his bedroom. They weren't really doors, but they were like uh, cowboy swinging doors where they was saloon doors. Is that what they're called? Well, there were saloon doors where you could like, not that Pap has ever been to one, He, but he does know the name of them. And so they were the coolest doors ever because they would swing in and swing out. And especially because Joel and I grew up on John Wayne. 
John Wayne movies. It's like we watched them so much that we felt, I felt like he was my uncle. I'm like, I see the resemblance there, you know? It's like I see John Wayne. I'm like, that's my uncle. And then Shirley Temple, but yeah. Shirley Temple and John Wayne. All right, so who is the keeper of your gate? You are. You are the keeper of your gates. And so what a powerful statement that is. No one has the power over what enters into your gates unless you allow them. But even then, the power ultimately lies with you and the choices you make on what you allow to pass through. So what are you watching? What are you listening to? Who or what has your attention? Um, or, or what you are, or what you're meditating on. So that audiovisual loop that is running through your mind over and over and over again. What are you meditating on? Because that's what that's what is being stored up in your heart. Uh, and so the audiovisual loop. I, I'm talking about your eyes. I'm talking about your ears as the gates. Uh, but I'm not going to talk about it today due to time. But the mind is a powerful uh, filter, is what I'll call it. It's a filter that kind of pushes through either the mind will allow what the information enters to you to enter your heart or not. And so the choice lies with you of what you allow to enter into your heart and be stored up for a rainy day. So I'm not telling you to stick your head in the sand and be oblivious to what's happening in this world, but I just say use wisdom. You know, for me, I love staying up on current events. Not that I love it, but I stay up on current events because what that does is it gives me a powerful weapon through the Holy Spirit to say, what should I be praying for, you know? And how I do that to make sure I guard my gates as I'm gathering information is in the morning I get up and I pray in tongues for half an hour. Sometimes I do walk away the pound. So I'm like, you know, and doing my little walk away the pounds as I'm praying in tongues. And then I watch some news as I'm praying in tongues and the Holy Spirit will bring revelation, will bring understanding, will showcase lies, will show okay, this is what the enemy's trying to do. And so then I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit, how should I pray? How should I war? How should I stand in the gap for people who might not be able to be standing in the gap right now? And then after that, because I can only handle maybe like 15 minutes or like a half hour or so, and then I go to the good news which is the word of God. And so that's how I've been able to not stick my head in the sand and to be oblivious to what's around me, but saying, Holy Spirit, use what I have, the tools that you've given to me to, uh, to be your mouthpiece or to, to be, you know, even through prayer. Because sometimes you're like, I don't know, what can I do? What can I do? I'm just one person. But the power of your prayer is more powerful than you can ever think, know, or imagine. So say with me, I am the keeper of my gates. I have the power to choose what I allow in. So the mouth is the keeper of a very powerful weapon, the tongue. So it is a speech-activated kingdom. So this message is, to me, very uplifting because as we go through, how much power do we have to be able to just put a hurting on the enemy who wants to still kill and destroy in every way, shape, or form? And we have the power to partner with Jesus Christ to help bring life and life more abundantly into our, our body, into our world, into our family. 
So the more that I thought about the phrase, it is a speech-activated kingdom, the more that I processed it, the more that I realized that both kingdoms are speech-activated. Both kingdoms are speech-activated. Both heaven and hell are speech-activated. Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and who... And, and those who love it will eat its fruits. So the tongue has the power of life and death to bless or curse, to build up or tear down, to speak faith or fear. So every time we speak, we are doing one or the other. We are either partnering with heaven or partnering with hell. And so we want to make sure that we partner with heaven because we, like Proverbs says, will eat its fruits. And fruit reproduces fruit. So an apple seed produces an apple tree that produces many apples that then produce many, many more apple seeds. And so it's a multiplication that happens whenever there are fruit involved because of the seeds uh, that they hold. And so um, everything we speak has the power of not only um, blessing, cursing, life, death, building up, tearing down, but also the power to multiply. So let's multiply the kingdom of heaven in our lives. And so we can't, we can't see oranges if we're if we're planting apple seeds. So eventually we will manifest our fruits, our self-proclaimed prophecies. Whether you realize it or not, you're prophesying every time you open your mouth. And it's not like uh, I know kind of in the past where you, you speak faith and kind of not see the reality of it. But what I'm saying is look at the reality of the situation. Look at what is happening, you know, maybe what you're going through. You're not pushing away the reality of the situation, but you see the reality of it, but then you see how great God is, and then you partner with what he is saying or what he has said through his word, and when you partner with it, that's where power comes. Uh, And so, anyway, Joyce Meyer says, words are containers for power, and we need to choose them carefully. So I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this, but what the point that I want to make in all of this is that both kingdoms are speech activated. So guarding your tongue and what comes out of your mouth is a key to breakthrough or to bondage. So use your mouth to edify, exhort, and comfort. And what, do you, what is prophecy? It's just that. So decree and declare and confess what the Lord is saying through prophetic words, through the word of God, and use your weapons. Use the weapons that God has given to you because the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So use your God-given weapons. So it is always important to put a guard over our gates, our eye gate, our ear gate, and our mouth gate. But it's super important in this time and season that we're living in because it is the decade of pay in the Hebraic calendar. And pay is the word for mouth, speech, and sound. Jane Hammond said, it is the decade of the voice, a time when we must hear the voice of God as never before but also recognize we are in a voice war with contending and competing voices all trying to control the narrative. We see the battle in our media and social media and especially with the current cancel culture that is raging in the culture. And so James Gall says that we are in a war of words. 
And so Dr. Sharon Stone, she uh, had a message that she had preached at her home church in England a couple months ago, and uh, God took her through a series of dreams that she had, and every single dream had a storm in it, and every single time and every single storm, she woke up, and the Holy Spirit gave her revelation on that storm, and each storm had different meanings to it, uh, and there were, it was a great message. Um, it's on YouTube. YouTube? <laughs> All right. I find a lot of things on YouTube, and it has been so extremely helpful to me, except for one time when I was, like, trying to diagnose myself, and it didn't work out. <laughs> yeah. That's when you leave it to the professionals. <laughs> like, no, yeah. So, um, so this message was amazing, because one of the storms that she had is very applicable to what I'm sharing with you today. So she found herself in a dream, and she was in an escape room. How many of you know what an escape room is? How many of you have ever been in an escape room? Did you? Well, obviously you got out. I was going to ask you if you got out, but hello, you're here. So you must have gotten out somewhere. Did you win? Did you actually get it done in time? Good for you. I've never been in an escape room, but I've always wanted to. But anyway, she had a dream and an escape room. You're placed in a room mainly with the team because it's all about team building and working together to try to find clues to find the key to get out of the room. So that's what an escape room is all about. So she found herself in this dream in an escape room. And then in the escape room, she went and she saw a storm. And this storm was a specific storm that she recognized that it was the Mark IV storm. That is, uh, Jesus was in the back of the boat. He was sleeping, sound asleep. Man, you know, when you get into those deep sleep where it's like heavenly, you know, and you wake up refreshed. Well, he was in that kind of sleep and his disciples, his experienced fishermen were flipping out because they were in a storm and they were going to die. And they were so convinced that they ran back to Jesus, waking him up. Jesus, get up. We're going to die. And he, of course, wakes up out of a probably very pleasant sleep that it was. And he gets up and he rebukes the storm and, and says peace and then goes to the disciples and said, where's your faith, people? All right, so that was a storm that she had. And um, she recognized that the clue was in the storm. So she was still in the escape room in her dream, but the storm was over, and she recognized that the clue was in the storm. And that clue was, find your voice and authority. Find your voice and authority. She said, there are storms that you're going to go through that you have to speak to to get out of because they are not a natural storm. They are a demonic storm. And you have got to release your authority and you have got to find your voice to be able to speak to the storm. She goes on to say, oh, she's not done yet. Or the Holy Spirit's not done yet. All right. There has been a battle of voices for the past two years in the media, and it is still waging. What is going to cause there to not be a battle of voices for you? You and God agree. You and God agree. This means that you listen and you hear his voice and what he is saying And then you align your voice to his. I have stopped saying or 
I've asked the Holy Spirit to guard my mouth when saying this. Oh, God is on my side. I don't want him to be on my side. I want to be on his side. So that mentality shift that I'm trying to get myself towards, everything that comes up, it's not about my thoughts. It's about what God is saying in this situation and aligning what his words, his will, his way to mine. Uh, And so then that's when the victory comes into play. So that's a bit of a nugget of wisdom is that we all need to receive. um, It is not about your voice but it is about his voice being released through you. Because that's what's eternal anyway, you know. I, I have nothing to give you. I have nothing to give you. Um, and so that's where, uh, nothing to give you that's eternal. Um, and that's where the Holy Spirit comes into place. He is the giver of life. Um, and everything he says and does is in the light of eternity. So the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So we talked about, ooh, I am flying through this. You know, whenever you prepare, it's like, is it going to like go for five hours or is it going to go for like five minutes? It's just, you never know. All right. So we're making good time. So we talked about the tongue, that it is the giver of life and death, what we speak. Uh, we talked about the heart out of, so our, our gates, what information comes in, uh, what we allow to be stored up in our heart um, through our ears and our eyes, uh, and then what we release through our mouth and our tongue and the power that we have in our tongue where both kingdoms, heaven and hell, are both speech activated. And so I want to... The enemy is always up to something, but, you know, whatever he is up to, God is up to something bigger and greater. And whatever the enemy is trying to do to still kill and destroy in your life, you know, God has got a plan already in place through the cross of Jesus Christ to battle any strategy that the enemy has against you. And you know what? If the enemy throws a punch, we've got the Holy Spirit punching, you know, that will take that devil out in our lives. And you know what? That's... The enemy makes me so angry because he, I mean, he does what he does, and he does it pretty well. He tries to still kill and destroy, but you know what? I love to see how God works through, through people to see the restoration of their body and their heart and their soul, and there's power uh, in the name of Jesus. And so I'm going to bring you or give you a revelation of just the enemy's works, not to bring fear, uh, but to to show it. So whenever there's something hidden and you don't know what you don't know, whenever something is shared, it brings light to it. And that light that's brought to it breaks the power that that enemy has. And so one of the things in this whole voice war that is going on is that um, there is a spirit of Leviathan that is present in this voice war, this war of words. And this spirit is very subtle, but the effects of it are not. Its main purpose is to twist communication and representation. It creates misunderstanding and misinterpretation, assuming the worst of what you are saying. You say something and someone hears something totally different. So if you go up to Melody and say, oh, you look so beautiful today. You're like, oh, well, what do you mean? I don't look beautiful every other day. It's like, no, I don't know what I meant. So it targets relationships, alliances, and unity. Division, dissension, bitterness, anger, and offense are the fruit that it feeds from. 
It is not about the conversation, but about attacking. It's the worst assumption of intent, misunderstanding that creates offense, dissension unto division to turn against each other instead of working together. So whatever I try to communicate, I'm not being understood properly. My words and my motives are twisted. And so if the enemy can try to manipulate conversations to pull people apart, we are the body of Christ. You know, it's important that we're together in our relationships. And so if the, this is just a little subtle way that the enemy tries to pull relationships apart. And so when we know that, we can address it with the enemy and say, enemy, no, 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 I don't think so. And so Isaiah 27 and Job 41 are great examples of this at work. But we even go back to Genesis with Adam and Eve and, and the snake in the garden. Did God really say that? And so he's always been trying to twist. Um, it swiftly darts back and forth, misinterpretation leading to misunderstanding, to anger, darting back and forth with increased offense, bitterness, and anger. That is where the spirit gets its energy in the escalation. So you win the spiritual battle, you win the relationship. So humility is one of the keys that helps us overcome the spirit. And also forgiveness. Forgiveness is another. It kind of get, gives you some oil on you. So when the snake tries to come back and forth, it just slides right off and goes away. So forgiveness is another uh, that breaks the power of the spirit because Forgiveness is powerful in so many areas, in so many ways, because it frees the prisoner, and that prisoner is you. And so breaking the power of, of the back of the enemy is so important. So not, I have to share this, not every misunderstanding of what you say is the Leviathan at work, because we all process information that comes in through our gates, through the grid of our past experiences that might trigger something in us. But in the same breath, we recognize that there is an enemy out there that sole purpose is to still kill and destroy. It seems so simplistic, but in, you think in every area of your life, he wants to kill your relationships, kill community, kill communion with Christ, you know, just to bring a seed in there, um, to bring dissension. And so if we do not give place to the power of the enemy, it breaks the power in the back of the enemy um, in your life. 2 Corinthians 2.11, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. That scripture verse alone is pretty powerful, but it's even super awesome when you look at it from the whole of the scripture verse because Paul, the whole, the several verses before that, Paul is talking to the church of Corinth and he's talking to them all about forgiveness. And then he goes into lest Satan should get an advantage of us for we are not ignorant of his devices. And so forgiveness sets a prisoner free and that prisoner is you. And so that's just one area that the enemy wants to try to come in. And so I wanted to address that just because I want to bring shed light so that the enemy has no place. The enemy has no place. He has no authority unless the authority that we first give to him. So bringing light to it, we're saying, nope, this is the end of that. We will not have, we will not partner with this spirit. 
So it's super cool because um, I was going through this message and writing things down. And I normally write a lot down, and then I say, okay, Holy Spirit, help me condense this and mush it together. So there was one section that I was going to take out, but the Holy Spirit said, no, keep it in there. Um, and it's all about fear. And it's just a, a little blurb of a section. But I think it flows along with what Pastor Joel started singing and what Katie brought up. And so this is really awesome. Second uh, Timothy 1.7, we know this scripture verse very well. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. So that word fear in the Greek is dilea, which means cowardice. So then I thought that's a pretty cool Greek definition because in our mind, we're thinking fear, afraid, you know, the normal definition that our, our thought process is. But literally what, what was being spoken here is that God hasn't given us a spirit of cowardice. So then I started to expand my research on Greek and the words of this, of this scripture verse. And here is what I have come up with. So in the Greek, God has not given us a spirit of cowardice but of miraculous power through God's ability, might, strength, and of agape love, goodwill, and of sound mind and self-control. When you recognize that fear is afraid, the moment you smell the stench of that demonic spirit that, you know what, ugh, this devil, he seems so big and what he does, but what, at the end of the age, we'll look at him and say, is this the little thing, that little cockroach-looking devil that really brought havoc to the world? So that spirit likes to look bigger than what it really is. But recognize that once you smell the stench of that fear, recognize that, first of all, that fear is not you. That fear is just the enemy trying to cripple you because what does fear really do? You either run, fight, either you fight. Sometimes it's not necessarily fighting. It might be fighting, you know, with people or fighting with the circumstance or whatnot um, or freeze. We lived in a house when I was a kid and it was, it had snakes everywhere. We didn't have any mice, but we had snakes. And one time I was walking out in the yard and I saw this snake and I'm like, well, I don't fight or flight. And I froze and the snake kind of came up and went right up over my ankle and went right back down. I'm like, the whole time that snake was whatever it was trying to do. Once it little slithered away, I ran to the house as fast as I could. And then it was flight after that. <laughs> so fear has no hold on us. So God has not given us a spirit of cowardice, but of miraculous power through God's ability, might, strength, and agape love, goodwill, and of sound mind, self-control. So the matter of the heart is the heart of the matter. And recognizing that you have power over the enemy, you have power over his devices, you have power to shut your ears when the enemy's trying to tell you you're not good enough, when the enemy says that you don't have what it takes, when the enemy says that you're not going to accomplish anything, that you're a mistake, you can say, shut up. Right. Now, if my 
One teacher in high school would have heard me say that. I would have been to the principal's office saying, shut up. But you say shut up to the devil because he has no right, no place, no authority in your, in your mind, in your emotions, in any area. So simple, not easy, right? <laughs> Easier said than done, but God has given us the power to overcome. So the power... This is a powerful message. It really is because if you see it, you can say, oh, my gosh, I have power in just what I say that literally can tear down the enemy's stronghold over my life, over my family's life. Uh, and so everything that I speak about is within my control. It, is, it all boils down to choices. What are you allowing in your eye gate, your ear gates? What are you filling yourself up with? What are you full of? What do we prize more, life or death, blessing or cursing, faith or fear? And so my prayer is that we choose life, blessing, and faith. We see what our heart is full of by what comes out of our mouth. We see our heart's hierarchy through action. What we choose to spend our time and energy on, the choices that we make, and so my prayer for all of us today is what David said in Psalms 19:14. May our prayers reflect oh, no that's not the scripture verse that's what I wrote. Okay. May these words of my mouth and this meditation the whisper the whispering plotting of my heart be pleasing in your sight Lord my rock and my redeemer. And also my prayer just as David's prayer is, set a guard, O Lord, over my heart. Keep watch over the doors of my lips. That way, whatever comes out of our mouth, what we're feeding on, what, the, what is being spoken, is bringing life, is blessing, is unifying, it's destroying the works of the enemy, and it is, it is causing heaven to come to earth. And when heaven comes to earth and the glory, they say like the glory is like oil. It is oil from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. And when we're all oily and all slippery, because we know how oil is, it's all slick. You try to stand in, in oil, you're, you're on your butt, you know. It's so slick. But what happens is when you, when you guard your heart and your mouth and you speak his presence and his presence is around you in such a way, it creates such an oil uh, in the spirit that when the enemy even tries to grab a hold of you, he slips right off. He has no hold and no place over you and your life. And you know what? I, I definitely wanna, I want my life to be a beating on the, on the devil because he's tried too many times to take me out. He's tried too many times to take you out. And you know what? Um, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And so um, let me pray for you really quick. Father, I just pray for every single person in this room. Father, they are such a blessing. They are not a mistake. 
God, you have given them what they need. And I thank you that what has been spoken today, God, will penetrate even to the very soul of who they are. Father God, I just thank you right now in the name of Jesus Christ that you are doing a work, that you are, you will not, you will finish the work that you started, that you will not stop that work that you have started in each and every single person. Father, you know their worries. You know their concerns. God, you know what keeps them up at night. God, you know what what is is constantly in the back of their mind. I just speak peace right now in the name of Jesus to the storms in their life. Father, I speak peace right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I just speak a blessing over every single person. I thank you that there is a hedge of protection around about every single one of them. I thank you in the name of Jesus Christ, God, that they are the head and not the tail. They are above and not beneath. And Father, I thank you that you are opening their spiritual eyes to see the plans and the works of the enemy um, against them. But Father, I thank you that you are showing them the power that they have through you, Jesus Christ, and the blood uh, that was shed upon the cross in the name of Jesus. So you can keep your heads down and your eyes closed. If if this message was something that you're like, you know what, I recognize that I, I need to, I need to clean out, you know, what's stored up in my heart. I recognize that I need to start keeping more of an attention on what I allow inside of my gates, my eyes and my ears. If that is you, I want you to repeat after me. What we're going to do is we're going to repent and then we are going to ask God to forgive us because what we're doing is we are breaking the stronghold of the enemy over this so that way there is power through every single thing um, that that is done. So uh, repeat after me if you desire. Father God, I ask you to forgive me for what I've allowed into my eye gate and ear gates. I ask you to forgive me for allowing that toxic information to enter into the very source of my life, my heart. I ask you to forgive me and wash me clean. I ask you to put a guard over my heart from this day forward that you will give me revelation and you will give me understanding of all that you have for me. So I will be a person that blesses, that gives life, that mends the brokenhearted, and that shares Christ to the world around me. And so I speak life to every part of my situation. And I thank you that you will lead me and guide me on this path. In the name of Jesus. Amen. If I could ask the uh, ministry team to come up. Um, And this is not, I really feel like this is not just for physical healing, but I really believe that if this is something, this message really pierced your heart where you're like, I I want connectivity in prayer. I need partnership in prayer for this. Then please feel free to come up.